You are listening to The Lift Mindset, where we provide an update from the experts. The aim of our podcast is to inform, educate and entertain. We will be sharing our views on current trends and predictions for 2022 about the industries the Lift Financial Group cover. Today we have Dan Thompson, Portfolio Manager at Lift Invest, providing a monthly investment update and sharing some of the insights and thoughts on current trends. This podcast does not constitute advice. Hi, Dan. Can you give me an update on the current events? In the mind of markets and investors, and I'm sure in many of your own thoughts, have been what's been going on in Russia and Ukraine over the last few weeks. When Putin first announced the invasion on the 24th of February, many people thought it was going to be a very quick conflict with Kiev falling very soon and Russia really showing its military might and taking over and annexing a lot of the Ukrainian cities and occupying most of the Ukrainian nations. But actually what's happened is it's been already quite a prolonged conflict and many of the major cities haven't been occupied yet with Ukraine putting up a much stronger resistance than many expected, including some of the officers and ex-officers of NATO. Clearly we hope that the Ukrainian people come to a peaceful resolution and the whole conflict isn't a bloody one. But clearly there are some very alarming and very disturbing images and messages and sentiments coming out of Eastern Europe. Now, the whole conflict has been taking a wider impact in financial markets and in certain aspects economically across a variety of different factors. Immediately due to the invasion, there was an approach by Western nations to inflict sanctions upon Russian businesses and Russian individuals, the most high profile of which in the UK is Roman Abramovich, so the owner of Chelsea, who had been trying to sell his football club and is now subject to sanctions. Also, Russian businesses which were listed on the London Stock Exchange have been ceased from trading and there are other related Russian businesses to various different Russian oligarchs, which are also subject to sanctions. There's still talk around whether Russian businesses will be cut off from the SWIFT payment system, which would be one of the most serious financial consequences for Russian businesses that the West could implement. The wider picture is really the sanctions that the West may put upon the supply of natural gas and oil out of Russia. There's already been some movement there. So the UK, for one, have announced that they will cut all oil supplies from Russia by the end of the year. And that, along with various other expectations around reduced supply into the market by Russia, means that oil prices are at record highs now. And as you go down to the filling station, you'll see now it's almost 170p per litre for a tank of diesel now. For the UK market, around 22% of diesel supply comes from Russia and around 10% of petrol supply comes from Russia. Certainly myself, when I've gone down to the filling station, there have been times when they ran out of diesel, but petrol is still abundant. So that's exacerbating more of the supply issues, which really came about due to COVID and still have never really fully waned. All of this um, oil impact is having an upward impact on inflation, which as inflation has been rising, it's clearly caused the cost of living crisis, not only in the UK, but in other nations as well. And this conflict and the pressures which uh, higher energy prices will likely cause inflation to rise yet further. Market expectations now, in fact, think that UK CPI later this year may breach 10%, which would be huge 
year-on-year inflation figure and when wages are growing at nowhere near that rate on average, potentially there's going to be an even greater squeeze on the cost of living. That's clearly something to watch out for and the expectation is that whilst it will peak, it may drop off quickly. But for the short term, certainly the energy price cap, which pre-Russia had already been impacted by various global concerns, that energy cap comes in in April and then there'll be another review for later in the year. Energy bills for one as well as the cost of filling up your car unless you drive electric. I mean, that will, of course, exacerbate cost of living. Business sentiment is fairly strong at the moment. Consumer sentiments, however, largely because of inflation, are very low. And I've even seen few media reports and financial outlets toying with the idea of are we on course a recession in the near future. I certainly wouldn't say in the near future. It really remains to be seen exactly how closely central banks follow the still increasing inflation numbers. Central banks and the Bank of England are expected to raise rates once more, so for the third time in a row later in March. Still, there is a very big gap between inflation and central banking rates. That real gap is actually of aid to government finances, which are issued in nominal terms. But clearly for savers and for the wider population, it's a poor state of affairs financially. And that's why consumer sentiment is so low. Depending upon how quickly the central banks do end up raising rates, if they raise rates very quickly and to a level of above 2%, which would be above the current market expectations, and then potentially that could stifle growth and could cause long-term detriment to the economy, which is in some areas still finding its way out of the COVID pandemic. There are a lot of unknowns, but personally, I don't think we've got enough data now to be able to distinguish whether a recession will be coming or not. We're still very much in the early cycle of current economic trends. So really the low of that was COVID and generally economic cycles go in around five-year periods. So if you think March 2020 was peak COVID, then clearly we're barely halfway through the next phase. That's not to say everything is exactly bang on five years, but certainly we're minded to say that there are still a lot of economic indicators which do point quite positively. But certainly right now, it's just questions around that consumer side and the consumer confidence, which may have a bearing upon the economy in the next few months, quarters and years. In stock markets, the Russia crisis has led to weaker sentiments broadly. So weaker sentiments mean generally there's been money coming out of riskier assets such as equity equities and riskier, certainly European equities, which bear the brunt of any exacerbation of the conflict. So a lot of the stocks which have done well in recent years have been sold. So the tech companies, US companies, a lot of the small cap, slightly more risky types of investments they've sold off. Whereas gold, which is seen as a relatively defensive asset, has performed relatively strongly. And clearly the main commodity which has done well has been oil. So oil companies have performed strongly up by almost 40 percent just this year. For markets such as the UK, where oil companies retain a strong weight, then the returns have been relatively strong. The UK market is still down by 5% year to date, but that compares very favourably to parts of the US market. The tech heavy Nasdaq index in the US at one point was down by over 20% at an intraday point, which would formally be a bear market. So clearly there's been a lot of profit taking across markets. UK has done relatively well because of energy, but across the board, whether you're in fixed income or equity or in a very highly diversified portfolio, you will have suffered losses.
investors this year, you'd have been very fortunate to be in purely energy companies or gold exposure this year. However, those same assets are not ones which have returned particularly good returns in recent years. So where we are with Lyft Invest is that we did the scheduled rebalance at the start of March, which given how equities have performed, very much saw some reduction in the holdings that clients have in fixed income holdings. And we topped back up many of the equity holdings within portfolios. On a long-term view, these points of high volatility and potential fear across markets are generally good ones to be investing at as we've topped equities back up across client portfolios, even though equities are of greater volatility than defensive components such as fixed income. We do think that at these relatively fearful points that long-term returns would continue to be attained from those riskier sides of the market. And of course, we are rebalancing back to the allocations which we define to be appropriate for the different risk mandates. So it's not like we're vastly increasing the risk of any client portfolios, but we are tactfully making sure that you have got enough exposure to risky assets to also be able to attain favourable long-term returns, which of course are key to achieving the financial goals which you've discussed with your advisor. For the time being, whilst the conflict is ongoing, we would expect that many of these same stocks which have done relatively poorly in the short term may continue to be under pressure. And clearly, the longer the conflict goes on, the more likely it is that greater sanctions are put on Russia and potentially bigger sanctions longer term are also in effect around Russian businesses and the Russian supply of oil. So consequently, the oil, as I mentioned, both at the pump and oil businesses, it's likely that there would be greater pressure if the conflict lasts longer. However, the flip side is also true, which is looking unlikely currently. But if we do see change of heart by Putin or we do see some kind of end the conflict, hopefully politically, then we'd expect some reversion. So some of the oil companies perhaps to underperform and a lot of the growth businesses which have performed and been weaker recently to actually come back fairly quickly. We don't know exactly which way the war is going to go and what the next few weeks hold. However, we do always retain highly diversified portfolios and that means that clients have got exposure to both sides of the market and clearly whilst in the short term tech companies and US companies and smaller companies within the market have performed poorly, those have all been the aspects of the market which have performed well in recent years and been the real catalysts for the strong returns that we've attained. That's great. Thanks, Dan. Thanks very much, Ellie. Speak to you next month. Thank you for listening. We hope you have learned something new today from our experts. If you would like to find out more, please visit our website www.lift-invest.com or search for Lift-Invest on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Don't forget to like and subscribe to hear more from the Lift Mindset.